I often get asked, how much surveillance is there really? What can they do? How much is there? What's it being used for? And a lot of these are based on intelligence agencies, government assets, things that can't really be discussed in detail. But it does far outweigh the civilian market in many areas. But I thought I would explain to you some of the surveillance you don't think about or definitely do and the size of it, especially on the civilian space. How much surveillance is out there? How much money is spent? What is it used for? How does it track us? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. Let's start by giving this a little bit of perspective. Video surveillance alone is a $75 billion industry. It's expected to cross $77 billion next year. That's how much money is spent just on video surveillance alone, and most of that is by the civilian community. This includes many things such as law enforcement use of CCTV, different types of cameras that you find, you know, the red light traffic cameras, as well as other apparatus and things that we'll talk about. Now, while the question always is who's using it and what for, how's it being used, is it for good reasons, I have thoughts and opinions, my conspiracy is this, whatever, that's not what we're talking about. It's just some interesting information some people have asked for, or at least I can give towards the idea of things they've asked for. One of the things is known is that there's over 350 million surveillance cameras around the globe used by local law enforcement as well as individuals in their homes. It is known that it does help reduce crime in such situations and we get fun like on YouTube where we watch videos of guys screwing up, breaking into places or even videos we've seen recently where people break into stores or commit robberies or burglaries and get caught. There is a statistical fact that shows between 2003 and 2006, crime in New Jersey declined 50%, and it's noted that a large portion, which is undefined, it just said a large portion of that, was due to surveillance usage. One of people's favorite topics to talk about for surveillance is, of course, the National Security Agencies, known as the NSA. You know, it originally started as the Cipher Bureau, which makes it over 100 years old. That was the precursor to the NSA. The Cipher Bureau started by a guy named Yardley. And that's how long it's been around performing surveillance activities. Now, a lot of people, of course, know about website tracking and government agencies such as the NSA that's done so. There's software like PRISM that's been announced originally back in the 90s during Clinton's administration that came to light again during Edward Snowden's time with all the information he let go. It's been widely known what it does, at least to some degree, and has to do with tracking of websites and what people do. That includes things like emails and search history, file transfers, live chats, instant messaging. If you think it's illegal, I understand that. If you don't like it, totally get that. But all that stuff is documented and kept somewhere to be available at all times in case it's needed. You know, one thing I forgot to mention too about security cameras, even though a lot of it has to do, not a lot of it, some of it has to do with what people own, less than 10% of all surveillance cameras in use are actually owned by private citizens and businesses. The rest are owned by some form of government or law enforcement. Now, some of the things that happen with this information, especially all intelligence, but especially anything with signals and video, is a thing called data mining, which you've probably heard of. That has to do with computer algorithms that establish patterns in the information. And then data profiling, which assembles the information by groups or individuals based on what it's designed to do and then how it's going to be collated for people to research at a later time. Now, while the poster servers can't actually open all of your packages, they do keep track of every single package that comes through. They're photographed, which a lot of you have probably seen if you have used the online system or signed up on USPS Online, where you can get emails showing photos of things that are coming to you. I get them a lot when I do mail holds. It shows me the kind of mail that I'm receiving that day. And they photograph the front and the back of every envelope and then any labeled parts of boxes. That's over 150 billion envelopes, packages, and postcards every year. 
Now, the main reason for this, of course, isn't to make sure you know what you got or that you got it or, you know, in case you're looking for a lost package, although it can be helpful in that. It's actually part of analytics done for a program they called Mail Cover. That was kind of the off-brand name of it that was used to determine if it anything ever needed in the future for investigations, criminal actions, legal proceedings, in case something was ever sent illegally. That information is available to the government and law enforcement if they need it for any type of suspicious activity through the mail. Now back to online, especially online messaging. There are far too many of those at any given moment, just like there's far too many cell phone calls for anybody to be listening in or reading on those all the time, but they are collected and stored. Now, for those who are wondering if this is legal, there's a thing called the Communications Assistance for Law Enforcement Act. Being called an act means it's a law that was passed by Congress that does allow for the collection and storage of this information for later use if it's ever needed. A lot of the things they look for, people have heard of things like trigger words as well as other information they look for. They use it to establish patterns. They use it in coordination with anything else they have, such as all the documented mail, for example, video surveillance, any other active law enforcement investigations in order to find bad guys and stop bad things from happening. Or in case they want to go, I don't know, do something like raid a former president's residence. Another thing people have asked me questions about are called fusion centers. What are they? Part of what fusion centers do, which is about $370 million just to maintain those for the 78 different centers. They're kind of like hubs or networks that collect information from state, local, federal agencies. Local law enforcement analyzes this information, shares it with federal agencies and the NSA or anybody else, if applicable to the investigations and ongoing operations they're performing. What they're most known for is SAR, suspicious activity reporting. That's where people report signs of potential terrorist or criminal activity. It's just another way for people to provide tips, which has existed for a long time in places like the NSA, the DEA, and as well as whatever the term was we used in the military. I don't think they use it anymore, but it was like 1-800-CALL-SPY or something like that. It's just another way to use a tip system. And to clarify, if anybody's wondering, by tip, I don't mean gratuity. I mean, hey... Here's a hot tip. I see something suspicious, and then it would be go and be investigated. Another common form of surveillance that a lot of people will hold are passports. Passports are a form of surveillance and tracking in order to identify where people are moving to and from. Why that can be used for things like investigations or hunting people down if need be or to track who comes in and out of the country and who's a suspicious person or who's a target for investigation or who do we need to talk to. It's also used to help identify and locate people in emergencies. Passports are great, too, because, like, Many countries do this, but including ours, if you're traveling overseas, I mentioned this before, and you have a passport, something happens and you need to get into a consulate or embassy, that passport ID as an American citizen helps you get in there ahead of everybody else, which is only superseded typically by government IDs, such as the military. Another common form of surveillance, of course, closed circuit television, what we've seen for a long time. Those are your traffic cameras, your video cameras on streets, even um, some situations, banks have them as well as just surveillance set up that are closed circuit in businesses. They also do live traffic feeds. In fact, I'm sure some of you have used them. I use them all the time during certain seasonal times when I'm, especially if I'm going through like the Rocky Mountains or any mountains during the winter, I go and check their websites where they have live CCTV feeds or delayed still shots to see weather and accidents and what's going on. It's the same idea as if you look at say Twitter, Twitter, one thing that I like using it for compared to other social media is for the same reason when traveling, there's a lot of times you will get either Department of Motor Vehicles or Department of Licensing, whoever your state has and who monitors traffic, and there may be another organization. Sometimes they'll put out updates for weather and pass information, major incidents that affect roadways, different activities like that. 
Same ideas with your driving apps, which are another form of surveillance that can keep track of where you are and when you're going there, just like a cell phone does. But part of that surveillance that you even contributed to, like Waze, which I've used sometimes, is when you see anything from a pothole to a cop, you can report that information from your surveillance that distributes that to other people, as well as everybody going on there and saying, hey, traffic's heavy, hey, traffic's light, hey, there's fog, hey, there's this, and then you get notified and then you can verify if that situation still exists or if it's changed, just another form of surveillance. The point is to say that it's massive and it's everywhere and we actually contribute to ourselves, even self-surveillance. Like if you keep, say, a diary or a journal, that's a form of self-surveillance. At least you can make an argument for that. But a lot of the things we do are forms of surveillance or we participate or don't know that are there or we seem to be okay with them because we believe they're helping us or they just don't affect us that much. So for example, I've talked before about proper ways to get gas at a gas station to protect yourself from any type of attack, aside from picking the gas station where you stand, all that information, but they have security cameras there. We've seen them all on YouTube when things happen. And it's realizing that they say in some situations, especially if you're in a city, the average person who at least goes outside and travels could actually be seen by up to 300 cameras and some form of surveillance in a day. That's possible. Places like London would be a lot more as it's the most surveilled city in the world. Look up the information numbers and the money they do for surveillance and it'll probably blow your mind. Not to mention things like satellites and other forms of surveillance that are out there. But it's big, it's massive, multi-billion dollar industry. And definitely a place to get into if you are into that kind of tech and have that technology. There's a lot of money to be made there in surveillance systems.